Let's go ahead and gra- grab a Bible, and uh, we're going to turn to 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 1, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. I tend to remember the Thessalonians and the Timothys and Titus because they're, they're the T's, and they're all kind of together in the Bible. So you have Galatians, right? You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, then you have Acts and Romans, and then you have the uh, first and second Corinthians, and then Galatians, the, these epistles, right? First and second Corinthians, uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, um, sorry, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. By the way, here's how I remember that. Obviously, I didn't remember it right there, but uh, the vowels, A-E-I, right? So A, Galatians, uh, Ephesians, A-E, Ephesians, then Philippians has the I in it, so Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and then Colossians, A-E-I-O, right? Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, I, I don't know, that's how I remember it. Um, and then following Colossians, we go into Thessalonians. So this is uh, the letter to the Thessalonian church. Uh, there's two of them here uh, from, from Paul, and uh, we're going to read the first uh, part of chapter 1. So we're going to read uh, chapter 1, sorry, get back over there, chapter 1, verses 1 through, uh, through 10. Here's what it says. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father and, and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We always thank God for you, making mention of you constantly in our prayers. We recall in the presence of our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor motivated by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, in the Holy Spirit, and with full assurance. You know how we lived among you for your benefit, and you yourselves became imitators of us and of the Lord when, in spite of severe persecution, you welcomed the message with joy from the Holy Spirit. As a result, you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia, For the word of the Lord rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place that your faith in God has gone out. Therefore, we do not need to say anything, for they themselves report what kind of reception we had from you, how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Now today, as we uh, continue in our series on discipleship. Uh, we, first of all, we, we started last week in this series, and Alistair preached on this, uh, and he answered two questions. He, he asked to answer the question, what is a disciple, and, and why make disciples? So let's just recap that really quick. What is a disciple? Uh, a, a disciple is someone who has come to faith in Jesus Christ, but, but see, it's bigger than that, right? Some people think, oh, I, I said the prayer, the magic spell, I believe, it's all good, I'm gonna go about my business. No, when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, we are no longer about our business, we're about the business of the kingdom of God. And, and so a disciple is someone who comes to faith in Jesus Christ, but also, right, someone who is a continual learner of Christ, is what Alistair talked about last week, that, that we continue to be learners of Christ. And that should continue how long, church? Forever, right? Until we see Jesus face to face and we're fully known and we fully know. Before that time, we don't fully know, right? And, and before that time, we groan. And, and there's scripture that shows that there is groaning in this life, right? We, we talked about that a lot. There's a lot of groaning. So we, we don't just have this, this once and done faith and, and, and belief in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is a, an ongoing belief and, and it is an ongoing work. The gospel is an ongoing work inside of us as well. So uh, what is a disciple? A disciple is someone who's come to faith in Jesus Christ by the power of God's Spirit, drawing them in, and they are now learners of Christ. Ones that, that when Jesus called his disciples, he said, come follow me, right? Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men at the, the Great Commission, right? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Right, so this is, what, this is what a disciple is. It's, it's someone that's learning constantly. We're being taught and we're learning to keep God's commands constantly. That's what a disciple is. And, and it should challenge you and I. And, and we should ask the question, am I a disciple? Am I really a disciple? Have I, have I not only expressed faith in Christ, but is that faith growing? And am, I, am I becoming a learner of Christ, a follower of Christ? Am I desiring to, to lay aside my own preferences and my own, my own priorities and my own pride for Him? And for his glory and for obedience to him and, and to pursue holiness. So once we establish what a disciple is, 
we ask the question, well, then why make disciples? I love how Alistair put it last week, right? It's, not, it's, it's easy, but it, we shouldn't be that, that easy. But it's, the easy part is what? Because Jesus says so. Jesus said, go and make disciples. That's why we should make disciples. But, but he re- helped us recall something, right? It, it's, it's so important for us to remember and to recall the depths from which Christ has saved us. Right? Because of sin, the way, and, and every person has sinned, because of sin, we are separated from God, and we are condemned to punishment, eternal separation from Him. But God, who's rich in mercy, sent His Son to, to make a remedy, to make a fix and a resolution, to draw us back into relationship with God. How did He do that? By dying in our place. You see, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And what we understand about our salvation is it was not something that you did. It was not something you accomplished. It was not something that you could say, look how great I've been. Look how amazing I am. When you and I stand before God on judgment day, it will be nothing of our merit. We will say, there will be nothing we can even say, even if we want to, like, God, like I'm a little more special, right? Because I did, no, nothing. We will be in awe, jaw dropped to the ground, in awe of the depths from which he's rescued us and drawn us out of the pit and out of hell into his glorious kingdom. We were rescued from darkness and brought into the kingdom of his son, right? The kingdom of light. So why do we make disciples? Because people need Jesus. People are lost in darkness and they are condemned by their sin and on their way to hell. And Jesus is the one who rescues. Why make disciples? Because people need to know. Jesus says, go make disciples and people need to know the message of hope that is in Jesus Christ. That's why people need Jesus. So today, we're asking another question. We're tackling just one question. And the question is this, how are disciples made? How are disciples made? Now, this is, this is a, a, a question and an answer worthy of probably multiple sermons and lots of study. And we'll, we'll talk about it kind of further in uh, next week as well. Um, and, and there's certainly further conversation that can happen. If you're struggling with it and you want to figure it out, please reach out to, to an, a leader in our church and, and ask, hey, how, how do I do this? Can you help me do this? But we're going to try to give you some, tool, some tools today that we'll see kind of spelled out through this passage we just read, okay? So let me go ahead and pray for us, and we'll get, get into breaking this down. Father, we, we thank you so much for your love and your grace. Father, help us to keep in mind the mercy of God, the grace of God that has rescued us from sin and brought us into the kingdom of the Son. May we focus on that. May we focus on that, the fact that Jesus Christ has paid it all. And now, as learners of Christ, all to him I owe. Father, thank you for, for making us clean by your blood. Thank you for allowing us to come here and to, to learn and to grow and, and God, even to, even to show ourselves willing to be learners and followers of Christ. Help us now, Lord, look, look to how we might grow into more complete and mature Christ followers and how we might not only disciple others, but be discipled by others as well. We ask that you would guide us, open our hearts, convict us of sin, conform us into the image of the Son, Jesus Christ. And it's in Christ's glorious name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're going to answer that question, how are disciples made? So number one, if you have your sermon notes there and are following along, number one says this, uh, how are disciples made? Through the proclamation of the word of God. They're made through the proclamation of of the Word of God. Today we're going to have four P's that help us with this, this, uh, this process, right, of discipleship. Uh, how are disciples made? The proclamation of the Word of God. If we go back to our passage in 1 Thessalonians, looking at verses 2 and 3, Paul says, We always thank God for you, making mention of, uh, of you constantly in our prayers. We recall in the presence of God our Father, here's what they recall. We re- he, re- he said, We recall your work produced by faith, your labor motivated by love, your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as we look at that, like, well, that doesn't really say much about the Word of God. The question that's begged here is this. What do we think inspires hope? What do we think brings hope? Hope in our Lord Jesus Christ comes through the gospel of our salvation. When we hear the gospel and understand the, the, the richness and the, the graciousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, we, we are filled with hope, especially through faith in Christ, aren't we? Because through faith in Christ, we are now secure. And only through faith in Christ uh, can we then see a work that's produced right, by our faith. Uh, our labor, motivated by love. Endurance, inspired by hope. 
Those things come because of the proclamation of the Word of God, the Gospel of Jesus Christ. If you don't believe me there, you look at chapter 2 in 1 Thessalonians. You can flip over a page if you'd like to, or just down a, down a paragraph. Uh, verses, verse 13, Paul goes on. He says, this is why we constantly thank God. So he's expounding upon what we just read. Because when you received the Word of God, there it is right there. When you received the Word of God that you heard from us, you welcomed it. Not, this is important, not as a human message, but as it truly is the Word of God, which also works effectively in you who believe. There's, there's something now behind that, isn't it? Now we see that, hey, we thank God because you received the Word of God. And there's power in the Word of God. It is actually not as a human message. It is the Word of God, and it's effective in you and I who believe. Effective to what? Well, you go back to the, the part of chapter 1. A, a work produced by faith, a labor motivated by love, and an endurance inspired by hope. That's what it's effective to do. Right? Those, those words, a work, a, it's a continual work produced by faith. Uh, my labor motivated by love. These are continual, this is learners of Christ stuff. It's not like, oh, I went to the store and picked it off the shelf and bought it, now I have it. It's, it's a continual learned thing, isn't it? That we grow in, and, and it all comes from this message that is the Word of God that's been received from us, and it's not as a human message. Really important, as we talk about making disciples, and we're going to look at that yellow card in a little while, but it's really important as we make disciples that we're not trying to use some crazy human wisdom. And, and I do believe, now, let me make this clear, I do believe because we are created in the image of God, right? Humankind is created in the image of God, uh, in, in, in the image of God. A, a, an atheist, a proclaiming atheist, is still an image bearer of, of God. So, so when they don't, and they shouldn't really believe that love exists because they're just a bunch of atoms built up in, in nothing, they still go kiss their child goodnight and, and hug them and hold them and feel warm and fuzzy, right? And they might say that's a chemical reaction in their body. I would say that's because of the image of God on them, right? They're made in the image of God. So, so I'm, not, I'm not saying that a person can't write something or say something wise or, or, or that, that lines up with the image and nature of God because we're created that way. When people sing about certain things, that, that it's not even Christian music. You kind of see like, wow, yeah, that, I wish they understood what they're singing. It's so awesome, but it, it really comes from here. Right? So the image of God is laid out there. I, I want to be careful here. But here, the, the idea is this, that when we talk, when we disciple others, we are, we are to constantly point them back to the Word of God. Right? It's not the newest magazine on the rack that says seven steps to whatever, or the, the book in the self-help section that says 13 you know, secrets to this, or your best life now. It's not that. It is not that. We disciple people towards the Word of God and towards obedience to the Word of God. Why? Because it's not as a human message. It is the Word of God, and it is effective in you and I who believe. It's effective. We like, we like to psychoanalyze things, and I get it. People made in the image of God can study science. It's amazing that what doctors and nurses, even, even the study of the mind and emotions, what we've come up with and understood. But ultimately, this understands it best. So we go back to the Word of God. We proclaim the Word of God. I want us to, I'm going to look at Titus chapter 2. You can turn there if you'd like to. It's, it's really close to Thessalonians. Why? Because it's a T, right? So we have Thessalonians, Timothy, and then we have Titus. Titus chapter 2. I want us to see the urgency here and, and really what's proclaimed because we, we, tend, we tend to think, well, I don't, I don't understand all of Scripture. I'm, I, me either. Hey, I'm in that group too. Me either. We are continual learners of Christ. But what we do understand or what we should as believers in Christ, as followers of Christ, is the gospel. We should, we should understand what happened, that I was a sinner, right, separated from God because of my sin, and, and God reached down and pulled me out of that sin and gave me the, even the capacity to, to believe. And I believed the gospel, and I was saved. I believed that he died for my sin. I, I believed that he atoned for it, and that he was willing to give me a righteousness that I could never achieve. I believed, and I was saved. That same gospel that is powerful unto salvation is powerful every single day for you and I that believe. And there's a review here in Titus 2, uh, 11 through 14. Paul says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation. Now think about the story for you and I. Bringing salvation for all people, instructing us to deny godlessness 
and worldly lust and to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in the present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see that review right there? The review is that God has appeared and he brought salvation. He brought the gospel. He brought himself. He gave himself as an atonement. And now the gospel is ready to be, to be believed. And when we believe, we're saved. And, and then once we're saved, there's this growing that happens. And he wants us to deny ourselves and continue to abandon ourselves and, and to grow uh, not in godlessness and worldly lust, but to live sensible, righteous, and godly, uh, in godly ways in this present age. While, and here's, here's the thing, all while we wait for him to return. You see, what we, we respond to the gospel through, through faith and we live the gospel denying worldly lust, saying we were saved from that and we want to live righteously and holy for God. And then we do that all while we wait for God to return. That's the return. And that's, that's kind of the, the answer. That's the review. That's the answer. It's the gospel. And, and it should help us take the next step. So what happens? In verse 14, he says, he gave himself, just a reminder again, he gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to cleanse us or cleanse the people for himself, his own possession, who are eager to do good works. Learners of Christ, we should be eager and wanting to do good works. That's what God called us to. And then here's the, here's the final thing. We remember that. And here's the proclamation part. When we make disciples, how are disciples made? Proclaiming the word of God. Look at verse 15. Proclaim these things. What things? The gospel that we just heard. That Jesus came to save, that, that he's instructed us to live holy, and that we'll wait for him for his return. Instruct those things. So when we, if I'm to go make disciples, and it's amazing how, I know there's the totality of Scripture, and there's tons of information in here, right? And there's all kinds of, of great things we need to understand. But it bases itself off those three things. Have you trusted Christ as Savior? Has, have you believed in Christ and has he forgiven you of your sin? So when I'm meeting with someone, I want to start in that area. Okay, maybe I, okay, I've established that. What's next? Live holy. It, is your life lining up as a learner of Christ, as a follower of Christ, as someone who wants to pursue godliness and not godlessness? So as I meet with someone, as I'm discipling someone, I'm asking that question in my mind. I'm even asking that question out loud. And we're identifying what are some areas we need help. And then all the while, understanding that it's going to be a continual process while we wait for him to return. And, and here's the great thing about that. In our discipleship mentality, we wait. We're eager for him to return. Why? Because everything's messed up here. And when he comes, he's going to make all things new. There's hardships here. There's groaning here. It doesn't work out the way we think it should. Sometimes it does. More often than not, it doesn't. But there will be a day when it does, and our hope is in that. You see, those truths are what continually guide and renew a Christ follower. So for you and I, as we disciple somebody, that's what we do. We review that all the time. Wait, have they believed the gospel? Yes, okay. How, how can we help them live holy? How can we help them enjoy God, delight in God, treasure God, and treasure that relationship? And then how do we remind them that our, their hope is not in the circumstances of this world. Their hope is in a conquering king who is to return and to make all things new. That's, that's our goal. Well, how do we make disciples? We proclaim that. We proclaim these things. Encourage and rebuke with all authority. Why all authority? Not your authority. Not a man-made authority. Not the book, some other book's authority. The word of God is the authority. We proclaim it with all authority. I said no, no one disregard you. Again, the, this gospel message, this, re, re, this reminder here, this review we've just talked about, it's the same message at salvation as it is during our, our sanctification, as it is when Christ appears and returns and makes all things new. Someone said that it, it's, it, the, the gospel of Jesus is the same well, no matter how, where, how, how much you dig, it's still the same well, always in the same place, it never changes. You and I can go deeper, but it's always the same message. So it's the gospel we proclaim in all settings. It's the word of God. It's the only true source of freedom and salvation. So how are disciples made? Number one, the proclamation of the word of God. Reminding them about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Number two, how, how are disciples made? Prayerful dependence on the spirit of God. Listen, if you and I are to meet with people and to do life together and to encourage one another uh, with the words of Scripture... We are going to absolutely need the Holy Spirit 
there. Amen? Like, like it, I, don't know, I don't know about you, and this, hopefully this is liberating for you. Because I know for me, there are, t- there are times, and I'm a pastor, right? So my job is to meet with people regularly. By the way, let me just take a segue, a pause real quick. This is the most common phrase I hear when someone calls me. Hey, Brandon, I know you're really busy. I didn't want to bother you, but maybe we can meet or talk. Right, and here's my answer. Yeah, you're right. You know who I'm busy with? The people who call me and want to talk. So yes, I'm absolutely, I I want you to understand that. Like, Like your elders in this church, leaders in this church, me, we are absolutely willing to talk with you and to counsel you, and to, to guide you, and to give you, give you whatever time you need. We're busy with people who ask. So don't, don't let Satan get in and say, I can't ask one of the elders, I can't ask one of my leaders, I can't ask Pastor Brandon, I can't ask them to meet because I know they're super busy. We are. We have a calendar, though, and we know how to schedule appointments. Chris does a great job at the, the office. She checks the calendar and, and looks at it, and she'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll slot you in. We'll make sure that's what we're here for. So we want that, right? But what I know is as I have all those kinds of appointments, that's a lot. That's a lot of people's stuff going on, right? That can be heavy. I have to walk into that every single time. Oh, dear Jesus, Lord, help me, right? Lord, I need you. That's, that's my prayer almost every single time. Lord, I need you, less of me, more of you. I need you, less of me, more of you. Before I get up here, Lord, I need you, less of me, more of you. It, I, I need to depend on the Holy Spirit. Why? Because I'm just responsible to proclaim God's word. And to help, help you understand the depth and the beauty of the gospel. To help you understand how you might be able to live in an obedient life. And help you understand how to hope in the return of Christ. And in, in the one day, there will be a day. I, I help you do that through whatever life circumstance it is. But I can't do it alone. My words aren't as effective as the power of the Holy Spirit. So we rely on the Spirit of God. You, have to, you and I have to have prayerful dependence on the Spirit of God as we disciple other people. How are disciples made? By you and I relying, right, on, through prayerful dependence, the Spirit of God. In our Thessalonians passage, if you're back there in chapter 1, looking at verse 4 through the middle of about 5. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. How do we know that? Because uh, our gospel did not come to you in word only. So we proclaim the word, but it wasn't the word only, but also in power in the Holy Spirit with full assurance or full effectiveness. So as Paul writes, he's like, listen, I, I know that the word of God is powerful, but, but it is only effective coupled with the spirit of God. And, and it's the word of God and the spirit of God that we submit to and surrender to. And the spirit of God is working in sinners. And, and it's like the parable of the sowers, right? We just go out and sow the seed. We throw, we throw it out there. And some's going to land on the concrete and not going to go anywhere, right? In the path and birds are going to take it. And some are going to land in, in maybe rocky soil or thorny soil. And some will eventually land on good soil. And they'll actually receive it and a fruit will be produced unto salvation. Our job is to scatter the seed and pray for the hearts that we interact with. I always, th- I always talk about pray that God be tilling the heart soil of those you're in contact with. We want to pray for God to soften their hearts that they would hear and receive the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. My job and your job is to sow. To throw the seed. And some of us come behind someone that's thrown the seed. So our job then is we're watering it, right? But God makes it grow. Amen? So we prayerfully become dependent on the Holy Spirit. I'm going to just run through a, a few things that this, this looks like. A few verses here, and they're all listed in there. But we see this, uh, the power of the Spirit. We see in Acts chapter 1, verse 16, that, that uh, the, the apostles they, they, and the prophets, they speak by his spirit through the mouth, right, of, of authors, of biblical authors. We're talking about, like, David. When, when, in Acts, they're like, hey, I remember David, he spoke this. He was a prophet. That was a God's word, right? But he, he spoke it by the power of the Spirit. Uh, we see that, that God regenerates and renews hearts uh, of people by his Spirit so that we can grasp hold of, of the offer of salvation and we're justified freely by his grace. That's the power of the Spirit. We see that in Titus 3, 4 through 7. He, he gives us His Spirit to, to, to guarantee a future hope and citizenship in the kingdom of God. We see this guarantee in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. He then transforms us by His Spirit and brings fruit of righteousness into our lives. Right? We see that in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit. 
how he transforms us there. Uh, He pours out his spirit on the disciples uh, to open their mouths and to speak his word. This is so important, right? That he would give us his spirit, that when we open our mouths, it would be his word. It's Acts chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. And then he gives boldness to us by his spirit for us to continue speaking his word. And that's in Acts chapter 4, verse 31. We see this boldness rise up, and it was given by the Spirit. Listen, I, I, if I rely on my own strength, I am so weak. I am so inadequate. It is, when I meet with anybody, when I pray with anybody, when I encourage anybody, it is, I know it is only by the Word of God and by the power the, of the Spirit of God that something would happen. And my reliance and my dependence has to be deeply rooted there and nowhere, nowhere else. We must rely on the Holy Spirit See, when God's Holy Spirit is present, He can soften hearts, He can open eyes, He can make heart soil fertile. And then the words that we speak, the gospel, become for our hearers words of eternal life. And whether it's words of initial life through salvation or if it's words of eternal life to a fellow Christ learner, a learner of Christ, who's, who's, who is saved but is growing, God's Word and God's Spirit still become words of eternal life to them. So we let God do the work. We just remain prayerfully dependent on Him, on His Spirit. And listen, that means it's not about checking off a list. We're giving you a tool here today. The last thing I want that tool to be, that yellow card to be, is, okay, I'm going to sit with you. Um, Let me ask question number one. And you read it and you check it off. Okay, we did question one. Question, no, just let let it be what God wants it to be. Right? It's organized there for you to kind of get some thoughts moving and provoked. I kid you not, and we'll look at this card in a few minutes. I'm discipling several different guys in our church. And, and the other day, I was sitting across from one of them, and I, I, just, I used some of these questions already, right? And I just, I asked, hey, what's the, what's the hardest thing that happened this week? I asked that question, what is the hardest thing that happened for you this week? And I didn't look at the card or any questions ever again. Like that, that blew up into an amazing time of the Bible and opening it up and reading it and, and a devotional and reading it together and explaining it and explaining how he might do that with somebody else. And it, it, was, it was an awesome time. It was an awesome time of encouragement. It was discipleship happening. I just said, God, whatever you want here, right? But I want it to be rooted in your word, right? We proclaim the word of God by the power of the spirit of God. I want to read a, a passage quickly here in Jude, uh, Jude 1, 16 through 23. There's kind of this contrast here because we can kind of get this legalism going on. Like, okay, I'm just going to put in the work. I'll put in the time. Brandon wanted me to make disciples, so I'll meet with somebody. Well, I I want it to be from your heart, right? Jesus wants heart transformation here, not only in people you're discipling, but also in you. So Jude, as he writes, he goes through, it says, these people are discontented grumblers living according to their desires. Their mouths utter arrogant words, flattering people for their own advantage. That is not who you and I are supposed to be. As people who go and make disciples, that's not what we do. It's not for our own advantage. We're not trying to flatter. We're not, we're not trying to live according to our, our desires and, and make people think the same way as we do. That's not what we're trying to do, right? So we go on. But you, dear friends, remember that, that, uh, what was predicted by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They told you, in the end times, there will be scoffers. So they're saying, these people were going to rise up, these scoffers living according to their own ungodly desires. These people create divisions and are worldly, not having the Spirit. So I want you to think about that, compare and contrast. If, if you meet up with someone or, or, or you're talking to someone and they say, oh, I'm, I'm meeting with someone and I'm, I'm getting wisdom from them. But the, the fruit of that is this. These people create divisions and are worldly, not having the spirit, right? You see that their life after meeting with this person is divisive. Like they're, they're angry and bitter with someone. They're, they're like, I deserve, I need to get even. Like that kind of stuff going on. Or, or they have worldly things going on in their lives, things that they're adding to their lives that God would say, that's not what you should add to your life. That, then it's not the right kind of counsel, right? And that's, and that's the world. That's the world counsel. And our counsel, our discipleship should not look like that at all. And that goes into verse 20. But you, dear friends, but you, build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So, so what does that mean? Well, there's a, that's a whole other sermon on its own, right? But in essence, it's like reliance. I, it's utter reliance on the Holy Spirit of God. Saying we're going to build each other up, but it's going to be re- we're going to rely on the Holy Spirit of God to do it. Keeping yourself in love, in the love of God, waiting expectantly for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ uh, for eternal life. Have mercy on those who waver. Save others by snatching them from the fire. Have mercy on others, but with fear 
hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. That is, I don't want to be in the world, right, or of the world. I want to be in the world. I want to, I want to affect change, and I want to help people and draw them into a relationship with Christ. How? By the proclamation of the Word of God, by the power of the Spirit of God, that we depend on the Spirit of God. And what's so freeing is this. You don't have to, to, to be responsible for the results. Right? You just have to be responsible to be faithful. That's what you and I are called to do, is proclaim the Word of God by the power of the Spirit of God. And then guess what? Go home and go to sleep. It's, it's up to God to do this. And we just get the joy of partnering with what God is up to. So we proclaim the Word of God and we do it prayerfully dependent on the Spirit of God. That's how we make disciples. Number three, how, do, how are disciples made? This is a no-brainer, but we wanted to include it in there. By the people of God. How are disciples made? They're, they're made by the people of God. When Jesus came, he drew his disciples and followers knew he's near, and he said, all authority has been given to me, and I'm passing this charge on to you to go and make disciples. How are disciples made? By the people of God. By baptizing them and teaching them to, to obey everything that Jesus has commanded them. By, by proclaiming the word of God, right? The people of God proclaiming the word of God by the power of the Spirit of God. It's by the people of God. There's two scriptures here I just want to, I want to read through briefly, and we'll, it, it should be pretty plain, right? It's not that we come to faith and we get to sit on the sidelines and just, just watch all these people come to faith in Christ. It's like God's like, go out and make them disciples. And, and making someone a disciple means help them come to faith in Christ. And then along the way, disciple them, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And that, that's, that's for our families, that's for our friends, that's for our coworkers, that's for our, the body of Christ. Listen, there are hundreds of people in this body who need to be discipled. All of us. All of us need to be discipled. That means all of us need someone to disciple us. That's, that's a big line of work, right? I guess if we pair it up, it'd make it easy, right? It's the people of God discipling others. Uh, 1 Thessalonians, this is the 5 through 9 uh, in, verse, in chapter 1. Paul says, you know we lived among you for your benefit, right? So this is the people of God in relationship to the people of God. And you yourselves became imitators of us and, and of the Lord when in spite of persecution. So as even though persecution was coming your way, you knew about it, you became imitators of us, you, you embraced Christ, you were learners of Christ, even when it was tough. You welcomed the message with joy from the Holy Spirit. As a result, what happened? As a result, they became, right? The people that, that they were discipled, they became an example to the believers elsewhere. So it wasn't just Paul doing all the work, right? They became example to the believers in Macedonia and Achaia, for the word of the Lord rang out from you, not only there, but also in every place that your faith in God has gone out. Wow, that's amazing, right? The word of the Lord rang out in every place that your faith went out. So the disciples, you and I, who are learners of Christ, we proclaim the word of God by the spirit of God, right? And we're in life with people, the people of God doing life with other people. We bring faith to those relationships. Therefore, and he goes on, we don't need to say anything about this. He was, he was, because he questions sometimes, like, how, how are they doing? How are they doing? He knew. He had it. Then in chapter 2, verse 7 through 12, I want to read this part. Paul says, although we could have been a burden as Christ's apostles, in, instead we were gentle. Instead of like being harsh, this is what our discipleship looked like with you. This is how we did this. This is how the people of God do life. Right? We were gentle among you as a nurse nurtures her own children. Right? When we disciple someone else, when we're investing in someone, it's, it's like a mother caring for their child. Right? We cared so much for you, and we're, we were pleased. And we were pleased what? To not only share the gospel of God, but also our own lives. You see, when, when you disciple someone, when you ask them these questions and you have this conversation, it needs to not be a Q and A. You ask the Qs, they give the As. It needs to be a conversation where you share life. One of the words we've, we've mentioned uh, probably in the last two, three, four years over and over is vulnerable community. We enter into vulnerable community. I guarantee you I have people who are discipling me, right? But in vulnerable community, they share their vulnerabilities and we get to encourage one another in that as well. There are people that are they're, they're far, light, light years ahead of where I'm at and I love the fact that they are so I can, I can learn and learn and learn and get wisdom and glean. But, but they, they give me that by sharing how they persevered, how, how their life looked like uh, a life of faith through hard circumstances. So he said, we, we care, we're pleased to share not only the gospel, but also our own lives to you. We work night and day and would not burden any of you. We preached God's gospel to you, right? Again, when we, the gospel is the same when we come to salvation as it is when we're growing in him, as it is when we see Jesus on the day he comes back. 
It's the same gospel. We renew that in our mind. We review that in our mind. It's the answer to everything. Uh, as you know, like a father with his own children. So again, caring. The people of God caring like a mother, like a father for his own children. We encouraged, we comforted, and we implored each of you to walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. So we, we implore, we encourage, we, we comfort, right? This, with the word of God, by the power of the spirit of God. It's God's people doing that with God's people. Finally, how are disciples made? Number four, fourth thing that's important to understand here is they're made persevering step by step. Persevering step by step. Alistair made a comment of this last, uh, last week that we're all on kind of a different place or at a different place on our, on our spiritual faith journey, aren't we? We, we haven't all arrived, and some of us have arrived yesterday uh, to, to faith, and some of us have been in faith for years, and we're growing, and some of us have, were in faith years ago and haven't grown a lick since then, and we're way behind the time, and we need to catch up, right? There's, we're all in different spots. The goal is this. The idea of persevering in discipleship, it, discipleship is not, okay, I'm going to take this yellow card, and I'm going to meet with somebody, I'm going to ask all the questions, and as soon as I pray and say amen, thank you, Jesus, I put a notch on my belt, and I'm done. No, that was just the first meeting. How, how long do we do it? As long as God gives you the ability to do it. Forever. Step by step. Persevering step by step. Because wherever you are and wherever they are, there's room to grow, right? And, and Alistair said we want to help people take a step to the right. Now, I don't, listen, that we, just the joke aside, it doesn't mean we're trying to make people more conservative, right? Like, like a Republican. That's not just the right, the progression. We're moving in, in, in time from left to right in growth. And we're relying on the Spirit of God and the Word of God to do that as we go through life together. But it's persevering step by step. So yes, we will see growth and fruit. And I, I have to continually remind guys that I'm, I'm discipling. Like, and it's amazing. It's, it's really fun, actually. After about a year of meeting with somebody, or even, even a month, but if after a year, I, I had a guy this last week I was meeting with and talking to, and, and we're just in, enjoying it, and he, he was down on himself a little bit. I said, now wait a minute. Compare yourself today to who you were a year ago. And he, he rattled off for about 10 minutes of what God and the Word of God and the Spirit of God has done in his life. I'm like, that's what we're talking about. No, yeah, you're right. You haven't arrived yet. That's okay. You haven't arrived yet. We're just, we're continuing to move to the right. Let's just keep moving to the right. One step at a time. Are you going to have struggles? Yep. Are you going to have temptations? Yep. Are you going to have failures? Yep. But as we do this, you're going to grow more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. We're going to persevere step by step. Discipleship has to be an ongoing thing. Being a learner of Christ is never over. We are con and, and, and think about it. As soon as we get it, we're constantly then threatened by Satan or by, by our circumstances around us from, from without, right? We're threatened from without and we're threatened from within with our own fleshly desires and our own, maybe our bitterness or our anger or, or whatever might be there, our, ba our baggage that's there. We're, we're in, the mo in, the, in the need to be constantly renewed and constantly grow. And it, we see it in Thessalonians, we track along here. Paul says, you've turned from God or, or turned to God from idols to serve the one true living God. And to wait, to wait for his son from heaven, uh, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. So there's this, this indication that we've turned from, or to God from idols. And now we wait. And the waiting is not just sit on the sidelines, wait. We've seen that, right? It's clear that it's growth. And as we wait, we pursue holiness and pursue uh, being conformed to the image of the Son of, son of God. And, and as we wait, what? Wait for him to ultimately return and, and, and make us totally whole and make all things new. And then in, 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 verse, or in chapter 3 of, of Thessalonians, um, it says this. And Paul says, Now may our God and Father himself and the Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. He's like, I want, I want to get there to you. And he says, May the Lord cause you to increase and overflow with love for one another and for everyone. Like, so what's the goal here? As we wait, to increase and overflow. We're going to increase. We're going to persevere step by step. Right? This is a, a patiently and perseveringly uh, over time kind of thing is what we're looking at. We're going to see God do something over time, and we patiently and perseveringly wait and, and overflow. He says, oh, you're going to increase and overflow just as uh, we did for you. And he says, may he, may Jesus, make your hearts 
blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ with all the saints. So there's this time, like as we grow to that point when Christ returns, we want to become more and more complete, more and more mature, more and more blameless, more and more holy uh, in the Lord. That's what learners of Christ do. So it is a persevering thing that happens uh, step by step. Last passage today. If you want to turn to Colossians with me. Colossians chapter 3. I know we got a lot of information here, and, and I, again, I, I, I want you to, to ask questions later. I want you to, to have conversations. I want you to figure out, how do I do this? I'm not sure. And, and let's have that conversation continue. This is, this is the idea, again, of a reminder here, a review of the gospel, and then the, the, the need for perseverance. Colossians 3, 1 through 10. Um, I think it's one. No, maybe it's two, three, one. Yep, one. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. So Again, that, that I want to be like Him. I, he saves me. I want to be with Him. Therefore, put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature. This is why we need discipleship. To help put to death everything that belongs to our earthly nature. Uh, our sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. And you once walked in these things when you were living in them. But now, put away all the following. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. So this is that, that necessity to say we're going to be discipled, we're going to grow, we're going to be, we're going to be continually bombarded with temptation from, from all around us. That's why we need this. And then the last encouragement here is this. You are being, right, as you do these things, as you enter into discipleship, you are being renewed in the knowledge according to the image of your Creator. You're being renewed by Him and His truth and His principles, by His Word, by His Spirit. You and I are being renewed. So our lives in Christ are ones of constant need for renewal, right? And, and a constant war against the flesh. So we must commit then as disciples to be discipled and to make disciples and, and to place ourselves under the authority of the Word of God and in relationship with other people that will help us constantly submit ourselves to the Word of God and to the Spirit of God, and that we would grow to be more like Jesus as we eagerly wait for Him. Amen? That's, in a nutshell, how we make disciples, how our disciples made. I want you to take out that yellow card real quick. This is, this is a tool, and it's, I, I want to tell you it's a, it's a, a living document, a living card, which means it's going, to, it's going to be modified. It's going to be tweaked a little bit. As, we, as, as you start meeting with people, and you're like, I, I don't like how this is worded. I want to kind of re, redo this. We'll do it. There are two sides to this card. One, one side has a box around it right here. Okay, go to that side that has the box like framed up. It says, questions to ask a discipler. Questions to ask a discipler. Here's, here's what I want you to understand. Um, one of the things I know is it's very difficult. If I say, you need to go and make disciples, go find somebody and start pouring into them, teaching them the word of God. And what do you do? You're like, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm freaked out. Like, I have no clue what I need to do. Where do I start? And so what do you do? Nothing. You do nothing. And you look at it and like, oh, no, I can't do it. So let me reverse it a little bit for you. What I want each of you to do is I want you to not have the burden at this moment to go find someone to disciple. But I want you to put that burden on somebody else. So you look around in your, your sphere of the body of Christ for someone who is a little farther along in their faith, a little farther along in their life journey, a little more mature, and a little more rounded, a little more polished in who they are, and certainly genuine in their faith. And I want you to find that person Maybe you know, just, you know it, write that name down. And I want you to go to that person. Gals, go find a gal. Guys, go find a guy. I want you to go to that person and say, hey, listen, would you mind going to coffee with me? Or would you mind going to lunch? Or can, can we meet together at the picnic table in the park? I just have some questions I'd like to ask you. I have some questions I'd like to ask you. 
And these questions on that card in the framed section are questions that you can ask somebody that's further ahead, helping them then to disciple you, right? Because we, we need help. And, and I, 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 I'm way more proactive when someone comes to me and says, hey, can you help me out? Than I am going to other people saying, hey, listen, I, I, I know you, I love you, would you mind, do you want to come study the Bible with me? That's way different, isn't it? It seems like it's way more intimidating. I, but we shouldn't have to wait for someone to come to us. We should also go to them. But on this card in the frame section, here are the questions, briefly. Things you can ask. Some things you can ask. Not the end all, but things that start conversation. Maybe you want to know. What are some hardships that have shaped your faith? Ask the question of, of someone that's further ahead. What are some hardships that have, have shaped your faith? Let them talk. You might, that might be the only question you ask all day and they'll share. They'll open the word of God and say, man, this is the time I was going through. This is the word that spoke to me. It was, and you're like, wow. And ask follow-up questions. That's great. Next question. What, what disciplines have helped you grow in your faith? Like, like, I know Brandon says, read the Bible and pray, but how, how have you done that? What does that look like? Ask someone that's further along in their faith and more seasoned. Next one. What is a biblical response to blank, right? Fill in the blank. A, a specific situation you're dealing with. Maybe, maybe you're married with kids, you need some information about parenting. Maybe you're single and, uh, and ready to mingle, but there's no viable options. And you, what, how do I respond to that? Whatever it is, right? How do I respond to someone being angry with me? How do I respond with bitterness inside of me? Uh, just what's the biblical response that I should have with this? Start bringing that up, right? And be willing to be vulnerable, which you probably are if you're meeting with someone reading questions like this. But be willing to be vulnerable and ask questions and, and to give information that may be private and may be kind of guarded and maybe hurts to, show, to share, okay? Um, so, I, and you want, you want a biblical response, right? What wisdom do you have to share about where I'm at in my faith, right? And that might be just, they might know you, hopefully a little bit, you've, you've had a relationship in some way, and they, they might just offer, hey, well, maybe consider this or think about this. Here's what the word says here, right? Um, ask them this question. What are you currently reading, Besides the Bible, right? The Bible is awesome. Go to the Bible. It's, it's huge. But there are awesome commentaries, awesome books out there by great authors. Ask them maybe what they're, what they're listening to, what they're reading right now. What's, what's their top, on the top five of their books of their life, right? Those are, those are awesome things that you can get suggestions for. And then finally, what resources would you recommend? Maybe an app or a book or a podcast or, or, or whatever, or a study tool, right? And, and ask them. And they may not, may not have an answer for all of these questions, but they're helpful for you to start the dialogue. And you can ask it every single time or modify it before you go. I have this question I want to deal with, right? On the other side, this is, this is if you are going to make disciples, right? If you're going to be a discipler. And again, this is very generic, right? This, this is, and, and always, 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 how are disciples made? Proclaiming the word of God by the power of the spirit of God, right? All, and persevering step by step by the people of God. It's, that's, well, that's how we do this. We aren't there to kind of just coddle their feelings and emotions and give them a, a, a pat on the back. We're there to point them to the Word of God and help them understand how the gospel informs their life and their behavior and their holiness and, and their emotions and their hope. That's what we're there to do. Understand? It's not just an emotional coddle fest. Discipleship is going back to the Word. So here are some things you can do. Kind of a meeting structure on the left you see there of how you can run through it. Kind of check in and build relationships. Uh, again, I, I said I asked one of these questions earlier this week. What's the worst thing that happened? Or what's the hardest thing that happened this week? Right? That was the second question. What's the best part of your week? I know the kids uh, at youth group do junk joy Jesus, right? What's the junk in the week? What's the hardest stuff? Joy, what's your, your greatest joy? What's the greatest excitement or victory you've had this week? And then Jesus, right? Well, how has Jesus showed up? What has Jesus done? What are you learning? How are you growing? Some great tools that way, right? So what's been the best part of your week? What's the worst part of your week? What ways are you struggling in your faith? You can start that conversation. As a discipler, making disciples, how are you struggling in your faith? What ways are you struggling? And people might be like, uh, I'm not. Uh, okay. We're going to have to really start digging deep now, aren't we? Like, what sin do you struggle with, right? And, and maybe they're, there's, they're, they're blank, and they don't want to be discipled. I, I, okay. I, I'm, I'm encouraging you, when someone's discipling you, enter into a vulnerable community. Be honest and transparent, right? And, and if, if they're not, and they wanna, you want to still pursue it, and go, go into the Gospels and start just reading Scripture together, and start, start telling them what it means and, and asking them how it applies to their life. Um, what, how are you struggling in your faith? How are you growing in your faith? They can't identify some ways to grow. Maybe you can help them with that. Um, then evaluate. So what sin or lie maybe that you have identified in them? Uh, and then what scripture or wisdom or story from your own life can you use to benefit their life or to share with them? 
Uh, and then what, what can you do to, to take a step to the right in your faith? So you're, at, you're helping ask that question. Of them. What, like, what's the next step? Maybe it's baptism. Maybe it's um, more regular uh, attendance of the body of Christ, more, more regular scripture reading time, uh, wh- whatever it might be. What's the next step in their, in their faith? And then questions, uh, the last part. Um, you can ask this question. What questions do you have from the past week? Right? We, we provide sermon notes uh, in, the, in the bulletin that have Q&A on the back of it. That's for you and I to use later on and ask questions. So the hope is that, yeah, people are here and part of this, this time, and they're learning and growing together, and then we can have a discussion about what was taught here on Sunday morning, right? I, I, I guarantee you, you did not just learn everything I taught. I, I didn't even learn it all. I mean, I'm still working through it, right? So there's a lot more discussion to be had here. Go have it. What questions do you have from the past week? Sermon, Bible reading, life, what's going on? So maybe they have a question they can just ask you, right? You, you open that up for them. So, and in your time in prayer, yeah, go, to, go have coffee together, go have lunch together. Maybe it, maybe it needs to be more private than that. So meet in a private spot, go get lunch and bring it to the park and have a conversation. That's fine too. But, but that's how we start. So, so I want you, to, if, you're, if you're intimidated to go make disciples and, and follow Jesus in that, go and find someone to disciple you. Okay, that's that other side. Go look at somebody that's ahead of you in their faith and, and help, help them help you submit to the Word of God by the power of the Spirit of God and persevere step by step. All right? Let's stand together. Let's pray. And uh, as you stand, right before we pray, come on up. You guys come on up. I want to show you this, this right here. Anyone know what this is? It's a Bible. But it's a thick Bible. It's a study Bible. It's, it's, I would say it's very important for every Christ follower to have a study Bible to help them study notes, to help them cross-reference passages, to help them search the totality of Scripture. I mean, it's just, it's just, and let the Scripture bear down on their lives and, and, and instruct them to obedience. Um, it, I, this same Bible is, is out of the kiosk, and Alistair's going to be out there after service. If you want to check it out, I'd encourage you to go check it out. Okay, and just look at it and say, oh, that's cool. I wanna, I, how do I get one? We can help you get one, help you get a good study Bible. Um, there are also other extra cards out there. So if you didn't have one of the bulletins today and you don't have a clue what I'm talking about with those cards, they're all out there on the kiosk. We want you to sign up for a small group. You put that small group thing in the, in, the, in the box, and then I want you to take that yellow card home, put it in your pocket, take a picture of it, save it to your favorite images so you can recall it often when you're out to coffee with somebody and, and start that relationship with someone. And, and, and knowing that it's all about coming back to and centering back on the Word of God, right? That we proclaim the Word of God. So even as we continue now in worship, we're going to sing the Word of God to one another, proclaiming it because it is what is glorious, the Word of God is not anything of human tradition or human messages. It is God's Word. And that is what we hold on to dearly to let it affect change in our life and to, and to, and to increase the hope and joy we have for the day that He returns. I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to be in the back during our last songs. I'd love to pray with you if you have something to pray about. Uh, I'll be back there. But then as we sing, just let those truths ring out and let, let, your, let your voice, let your, your heart proclaim God's Word. Let's, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your love. Thank you that you have given us uh, the body of Christ to be in community with, Lord, not only on Sunday mornings, but through groups later on in homes, Lord, we can invest in one another. And God, then through one-on-one time where we go and make disciples. But help us, God, yield our hearts to obedience. Obedience to go and pursue people who are further along in their life and faith. And God, to, to ask them questions and, to, and to, to be discipled by them. And God, that we would also go and find others around us that need discipled. God, and that's, that's all of us, but, but that we would help encourage people towards obedience and submission to the Word of God, relying on the, prayerfully and dependent on the, word, on the, on the Spirit of God. Uh, and God, that we want to persevere step by step. This is never over. So help us change that culture in our heart and, and to, to embrace this, this mission that you've given us so, so many years ago, but you give it to us today as well. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.